This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. That sounds so good. Beans from Goya, Judge Napolitano, Naomi Rosenberg, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, and President Trump all coming up today. President Trump coming up at 8.05. Big 9 o'clock hour tomorrow. My friend Scott Bayo, You know Scott from Happy Days, Chachi. Of course, Charles in Charge and many other movies and TV shows. Love Scott Bayo. Big story this week. He's leaving California. He's had enough. Homeless people in tents. High taxes, crime, just like New York, same thing. Bayo's moving, and he will join me coming up uh, tomorrow in the 9 o'clock hour, as well as Joe Namath. Aaron Rodgers, the new quarterback of the Jets, and we'll get Joe Namath talking about Rodgers right here with me. He's a good buddy of mine, Joe, coming up tomorrow. But our first guest today, we kick it off with the man who is the host of the very highly rated and also, congratulations to Noam Layden, who's getting 12s from 5 to 6 every morning. Frank Morano gets 12s as well. The other side of midnight, the top overnight radio host in this city. Frank, good morning, buddy. How are you? I am doing great. I had no idea Noam was getting a 12 as well. Yeah. I may have to yeah. stop stop giving him such a good lead-in. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Both of you guys do a good job by me, too. Now, look, just so you know... When Justin Ellick read the guest list at 5.57 a.m. this morning. Which which one of these doesn't belong here? It's like that old Sesame Street. All right, Bill O'Reilly, Donald Trump, Judge Napolitano, and uh, Frank. (laughs) No, you belong, but Bo Deedle sent me a text right away. And the commission, which uh, Bo was a part of, and Curtis Sliwa, me, and uh, Lewis, and Peter King, 
they're deciding on a vote. Uh, some of the guys, like Peter and Bo, want to ban you from this program. It's a lot of drama. A lot of drama around well, you, Frank. So, why does Peter want to ban me? Uh, I think Peter doesn't want to ban you. I oh, think, good. Okay. I think Peter's on my side. But uh, it's going to be a close vote. I don't want to do it because, A, you're a good friend, and, B, you're great on the air. But Bo contends, and this is bad if it's true because I love Bo. He's like my brother. Bo contends that years ago, when he ran for mayor, you taped a conversation of his and sent it to the New York Post. Now, CNN called Donald Trump a liar for his election fraud um, talk last night. Is Bo lying? Was he telling the truth? No, well, no, he's not lying, uh, but he is misrepresenting the the facts. First of all, it was six years ago, and if uh, if anything I did caused Bo to finish fifth out of a series of six candidates running for mayor that year, uh, I, I don't think this is not uh, help. That, it's not going. It's not going to help you here, Frank. Well, okay. Well, if I lose the election, I'm just going to claim it was rigged 500 times and and, and complain bitterly about it. But no, what happened was um, Bo denounced me publicly, as I recall. And his tweets are still up there. I think even Seth Meyer did a segment about the names that Bo Deedle called me uh, that day on his TV show, Late Night. And then he left me, a, which I still haven't listened to, uh, a profanity-laden voicemail. And there was already a story. Nah, nah, uh, but Bo, Bo would never do something like that. I know. It's very uncharacteristic. <laughs> he then did the same thing with Curtis, but he let Curtis off the hook. Uh, and then uh, either the Daily News or the New York Post had already done a, a series of articles about about Bo denouncing me because when I was with the Reform Party with Curtis at the time, we didn't endorse him. And then I did forward. Oh, let me stop right there. Now, why, why wouldn't you endorse uh, my friend Bo Deal right there? Why didn't you do that? Uh, well, look, I mean, there, it was not just my decision, but we didn't think he was the best qualified candidate. And clearly, the vast majority of New Yorkers uh, agreed. Uh, but And uh, he had the opportunity to run in a primary. He, if he chose to become a member of the Reform Party, he wouldn't have needed our permission. And he tried to run as a write-in, and the members of the Reform Party at the time and the registered independents that were allowed to vote in the Reform Party primary, they didn't vote for him. Um, but um, he left me a voicemail, which I did forward to a reporter who was doing a series of articles about this uh, Bo Deedle. Well, let me do my best Caitlin Collins right now. A couple of times last night, I want to get your opinion on this. She gave Donald Trump the opportunity to apologize, take stuff back. She was doing him a favor. Do you want to apologize, take it back, or are you okay with what you did six years ago? I think through the prism of hindsight, I probably uh, did not do the right thing. And uh, huh? if Bo felt that that was a violation of uh, of our trust, then yes, I absolutely will apologize. Wow. How about that? That took a very, very big man just now, Frank. Very big man. So it comes down to two things. Either you love being on this show and you're terrified you're going to be banned <laughs> or you're scared to death of Bo, both of which I don't blame you for. Both. Uh, <laughs> let's get to uh, last night. Seriously, what were your thoughts uh, you heard me talk about it for the better part of 40 minutes. I thought Caitlin Collins was disgraceful. She was nasty, to Donald Trump's point. This was an agenda-driven, biased hit job for the better part of 63 minutes. 
What did Frank Morano think of the town hall last night? Well, I have a multitude of thoughts, both on how it was produced. First of all, I'm glad it happened. I think it was a smart thing for CNN to do, and I think it was a a smart thing for Trump to do. Um, I thought in terms of Trump's performance, I thought he gave some answers that were very good, very strong, right on the money. I think his explanation of the Ukraine situation was um, very strong, and I think his retort on why he wasn't labeling Putin a war criminal was exactly the kind of leadership which shows why this conflict would be de-escalated by Trump uh, getting into office. I think his uh, kind of refusal to take a position on a national abortion ban was very weak. And oh, uh, I, disagree. I don't know. I disagree. Okay. Well, because what, mean... he, what, he, what he did was, if he said, I'll, I'll ban abortion, then one side gets furious. What he said was, hey, I want to make both sides happy. Let's figure out a way to make the pro-life people and the pro-choice people happy. What's wrong with that? Well, I I don't think you're going to make the uh, pro-choice people happy, given the fact that you appointed the justices that undid the Roe versus Wade decision. I I think you have to say what your position is. Either you're for a a ban after 15 weeks or you're not. You could just say, we'll leave it up to the states. That's a reasonable position. But I I think to kind of dodge the question and refuse to say what your position was, was very un-Trump-like. It was very like a typical pandering politician. And then, uh, look, I I know he's all about this uh, rigged election. Election 2020 thing. I just see that turning off so many general election voters. I mean, it's clear to me he's already going to win the Republican nomination, barring uh, I don't even I don't even know what could happen to keep him from the nomination at this point. So I, I think he really misses an opportunity to win over folks that like his policies in states like Georgia, Nevada, Wisconsin, and um, and Arizona, but mm. that don't necessarily like the, the um, I don't know, kind of the style in which he says a lot of that. So uh, that was that. But as far as Caitlin Collins goes, I agree with you. The clip that you played where um, she said, yeah, that's why I asked the question. I agree that that was a degree of snarkiness that was completely unnecessary. I think on the whole, she had an impossible job. I mean, Donald Trump, even under the best of circumstances, is a tough guy to keep up with for an hour because he's like a fucking bronco. No, he was not, though, last night. He sat there almost medicated, and he... You know, uh, he, he, he did. medicated. He, he, no, if that's medication, then uh, that's even more energy Frank, than Frank, balance what? of nature. No, no, I mean, that's no, that's Frank, a lot of no, that's just a not, lot of energy. No, that's just not true. It wasn't. I mean, yeah, eventually he'd raise his voice when she asked him the same question six or seven times. But he sat there very deliberate, very measured. And she would ask him the same question 10 times. It was almost like. Like a cop in a coerced confession. Well, no, You're I agree give, with that. No, so, so don't tell me that for the most part you had an impossible job. Ask the man no, the I question. Just... Let Trump answer the question. And if it yeah, doesn't go your doesn't way, answer, move on. Like, move on. As, uh, you know, Brian Kilmeade said to me this morning, you know, one of the guys that does this well is, is George Stephanopoulos. If he doesn't answer the question, you don't need to uh, keep asking it six times. You could just say, all right, you didn't answer the question. We can, we can move on. Uh, it's also, I also would love to know, how the questioners were selected. The audience people that uh, that had those questions, did CNN know those were the questions that were going to be asked? Did they select the people without knowing the questions? There was a big lack of transparency on how this whole thing was produced. But I'm glad, you know, under Chris Lick's leadership, they're at least willing to experiment a little bit like this. And that's not something that would have happened uh, under, under Jeff Zucker. It reminded me a lot of 2016, uh, where you see 
these mainstream media outlets that are not necessarily right wing giving Donald Trump uh, a lot of free publicity. And uh, if this is what we're in store for, I think the result may be a repeat of 2016 as well. Not exactly a profile of courage for me for Chris Licht. He uh, told his host basically go out there and badger and berate and try to embarrass the former president. It was not where it was a forum. It was not where President Trump was able to say the way he felt, what he wanted to do for this country. It was 63 minutes of beating the living daylights out of him. I'm sorry. It was not a lot different than Jeff Sucker for me. Chris Lake uh, and CNN, it, never would it was happened. miserable. It, so it what? never would have happened. And you know what? It shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have happened. No, I, and I that, that's the first thing agree. I'm going to ask. Well, how did that go well for President Trump? For 63 minutes, he sat there. This young girl who's a nobody yelled in his face, asked him the same question time and time again, sometimes seven or eight times, called him a liar five times last night, a liar. How did that go well for President Trump? Explain well, it to me. I, because these folks, you you got to see in prime time on a network that de- generally doesn't hear that Trump hates them. talking. That hates well, them. That, the viewership of this network doesn't generally hear a pro-Trump message for right. an hour. They not only got to hear what Trump had to say on issue after issue, they got to hear it over a vocally pro-Trump crowd laughing at everything he says, cheering everything he says. It actually gave the impression to the TV viewer oh that CNN in, endorsed this kind of a format. And that's why you are seeing the left wing yeah. today yeah. go nuts today. Dan Rather tweeted last night, yeah. uh, does CNN have to report this as an in-kind contribution. Yeah, I, I know what Trump. he did, and I played uh, the Keith I, Oberman. I, I played the I, AOC. Yeah, I heard you, AC. Yeah, and yeah. look, there's a reason. If this went poorly for Trump, and look, if you read the New York Times article today, Trump's advisors are ecstatic about how this went. The um, if this went well for Donald Trump, you would not see. I'm excuse me. If this went poorly for Donald Trump, you would not see the hard left in this country be going apoplectic sure you would. today. Sure you would. No, you because, wouldn't. Yes, no, you, you would. Because, like you said, it was. Was a pro-Trump crowd. They didn't want that. Even though, look, I'm going to ask the president. So we'll hear straight from him. I don't care what Dan Rather says, AOC says, Trump's people says. That's going to be the first question coming up. In retrospect, would you still do this? And I can't wait to hear his response. Now, uh, but- I think under Rupert Murdoch's Fox News channel, there's no way they would do something like this in the current climate. Let's uh, wrap this up with this big peace rally. Coach Judge Napolitano is going to join me, Frank, in about 45 minutes, about 60 seconds to go. May 27th, big peace rally with my man Frank Morano and Judge Napolitano in Kingston, New York. Tell the listeners about this. You know, one thing three of your guests at least today have in common, Donald Trump, Judge Napolitano, and Frank Morano, is we do not want to go to nuclear war, World War Three with Russia over Ukraine, a country which is not even a NATO ally. And yet we have a bunch of jokers in both parties in Washington. Their idea of bipartisan is you have one party, uh, or their idea of two parties is you have one party that wants to go to war with, with China, another party that wants to go to war with Russia. The American American people and the world's going to lose if we continue with this militaristic approach. So Judge Napolitano and me and Gerald Salente, we're doing this rally May 27th, Kingston, New York, the first capital of New York. People can learn more about it. OccupyPeace.com. Don't let the warmongering neocons that run Washington get us sucked into World War III. We're going to have a big turnout. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Great job as always, Frank. Really great job. Loved having you on this morning. We'll vote later on today, but you know where my vote stands. My vote stands with the best overnight radio host in this city, and that is you by a distance. Frank Morano, folks, check him out. Other side of midnight every weeknight overnights 
here before me and Noam on ABC. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.